Hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Our regular listeners will know that we're always happy to invite sponsors on board as long as they don't give us any money. Uh, what we're looking for are words of wisdom. And this week um, gives me great pleasure to welcome this week's sponsor, a husband and wife team of designers, Charles and Ray Eames. Eventually, everything connects. People, ideas, objects. The quality of the connections is the key to quality. Charles Eames uh, said that. And actually, over the last week, that idea of connections has been really important. Whenever you start a new job, uh, you always get into that situation of, of meeting new people. And it's really great to share those kind of different perspectives. As the uh, photographer Ralph Gibson says in our Bill J film, like-minded souls. I love that phrase. I also like the way he says it much better than I do. But anyway, that idea of being like-minded, you don't have to agree with each other, but quite often through those conversations, you might find new ways of, of seeing things, but you also may well find kind of points of, uh, I suppose, agreement. So over the last week, um, I'm starting a new job and I've had those kinds of discussions and it's been really fruitful, really enjoy enjoyable and really does spark, I suppose, that sense of um, understanding as why we, we do all of this stuff. Anyway, um, that's been great. And I'll certainly be, uh, I suppose, keeping you updated on, on anything that happens and, and comes out of those kind of conversations and those collaborations. Already, a couple of really exciting events are being penciled in um, for 2020, um, right from the beginning of the year. So listen in, listen out for all of that kind of stuff. Anyway, one of the other things that I've been looking at this week... Um, was the, the, the old thing again, I suppose, of photographic competitions. And I saw a few comments being made about a UK-based portrait competition and how it did appear that a lot of the people who had been chosen in this competition, uh, their work was well-known on social media, that there were a lot of well-known names um, that had been chosen. And was that a coincidence or not? Uh, I'm not going to make a comment at that on that at the moment, although I certainly do have my own um, beliefs and feelings concerning that. But it seems to me, and this is a point we've picked up on in, in a previous podcast quite a while ago now, is that what's required in photographic competitions is transparency. I know, um, and I really can't remember how long ago now it was, I think it may have been about five or six years ago, I was one of the judges on the World Press Photo Awards for their multimedia awards and um i actually wrote about the process because i really wanted to bring some transparency to that and i and i think that was it kind of went okay and i can't really understand why a similar transparency can't be brought to all photographic competitions in the most basic, uh, I suppose, way of doing this and, and there's lots of different ways of course but the most basic way i can see is why not film it you know, I know that a lot of photographic competitions, and I've done this, I just done online and you, you're just given a link and you just click either a, a yes and no or a star rating system and various judges around the world who never get to meet, um, they all put their judging and therefore uh, a 
figure is is kind of constructed from how many three stars two stars one stars or what have you i mean it just really is an unsatisfactory procedure because the ones the competitions i have judged where a group of people have been in the room talking about those that importance of connections and opinions again were always quite fiery situations and all the better for that uh humor as well but it gave the judges an opportunity to actually share experience share beliefs and kind of stand up for the work they think is the strongest and and also give really good reasons as to why certain pieces of work don't work for them and then coming out of that conversation is a result now quite often you know a lot of these competitions have huge amounts of people entering and i understand that can't always be possible but for the final judging section shall we say it certainly should be possible at least uh, you know it could be done via skype or what have you but it could also be filmed and there is absolutely no reason nowadays why a photographic competition that's being run either by a magazine or a conglomerate or perhaps an institution of some kind there's no reason why they couldn't film and then post that film uh, onto their website or, or, or so forth just as they do the uh, winners and the results of course what this would give i believe is transparency but what it would also give is really great valuable information to those who've been chosen as winners as to why they've been chosen and it would also give really great information to those who haven't been chosen so they'd actually be able to see what were the judges looking for from my perspective this is a win-win i can't understand why you wouldn't bring that transparency to a photographic competition it's respectful to the people who um have entered and it also gives the judges an opportunity i suppose to you know to give their perspective on it we spoke a couple of weeks ago about the the tv program master of photography and I, I think one of the good things about that was that that idea of judging was out in the open you know the photographers were questioned and then they could defend their work and opinions were given so whatever the decision was whether you agreed with it or not you at least you at least knew where that decision had come from and i think that's really important so as far as i can see there is no downside to that but wait a minute maybe there is a downside maybe the decision of the images that are being chosen maybe that's not as straightforward maybe there are agendas and maybe the people who are running these competitions don't want you to know them I suppose the photographers who appear on this podcast telling us what photography means to them sometimes and perhaps quite often fall or could be perceived as falling into a kind of a documentary, uh, I suppose, body of work or area of work. Although even those working in that area, uh, as you would know, again, if you're a regular listener, or if you're, you're just joining us and going back through the archive, uh, they, they will be working in lots of different areas. It's always been my intention to get photographers who really are working in that commission environment uh, to a high level, because I think they're the ones we hear least from. So this week, 
I'm really uh, excited and pleased to welcome to the podcast Robert Trachtenberg. Uh, Robert's photographs have appeared in the New York Times uh, magazine, Esquire, Vanity Fair, Entertainment Weekly and Rolling Stone, among many other publications. His advertising clients include NBC, CBS, ABC, TNT, TBS, Disney, MGM and HBO. An awful lot of letters going on in there. Trachtenberg's photos have been selected for numerous awards, including the American Photography Annual and American Photo Magazine's Images of the Year. He's written, produced and directed several documentaries, including on Kuka, on the legendary Hollywood director George Kuka. The Emmy-nominated Cary Grant, A Class Apart, which he wrote, produced and directed, and AFI's masterclass, The Art of Collaboration, with guests Steven Spielberg, composer John Williams, and actor Mark Wahlberg, among other guests. He's also the winner of the Emmy Award for Outstanding Direction for his American Masters film, Mel Brooks, Make a Noise. His most recent film for PBS was the Emmy-nominated Bing Crosby Rediscovered. He is also the author of When I Knew, published by Harper Collins, and the newly released Red Blooded American Male. Over to you, Robert. What does photography mean to me? In my case, the camera has been the key that's unlocked the door to people and places I would have never been exposed to. I'm not naturally curious in a way where I would have explored the world if it hadn't have been through photography. It's allowed me to get into the private quarters of the White House or be the first to see Elon Musk's new Tesla or spend the day at Highclere Castle with the cast of Downton Abbey and more importantly meet incredible people of all walks of life whether they were Afghanistan war veterans, scientists, politicians, and of course the inevitable celebrities. But what it means to me is a way of controlling, quite frankly, and capturing the world as I see it, as I want it to be seen, as I filter it through my lens. There is one great quote from the legendary photographer Cecil Beaton who said, I still consider myself an amateur so that I have the amateur's freshness and spontaneity and willingness to learn. And I really like that because you get the chance to do things that you will never ever do again uh, and you only get to do them once, usually. Uh, And you learn on the job and you come into contact with such a great variety of people and then sometimes quite often you never see them again so photography brings the world to me and then in turn I filter it back out in a way that I would like it to be represented and quoting Cecil Beaton again he said Once that shutter has been tripped, the essence of what I've captured, the world I've created, can't be disturbed. It's mine forever. The camera is a switchblade I put to everyone's neck. It can either cut your throat or give you a more flattering haircut. And that really aligns with 
my philosophy because it's a world that I've edited and created in collaboration with hair and makeup stylists, art directors, photo editors, but it's my viewpoint and it's the purest way to get that viewpoint out there, certainly more so than writing for me, which is torturous. Uh, what I love so much about the photography is that there is a deadline, there is a due date, there is a date it'll have to be on the stands or on a billboard, and it's got to be done, and there can be no going back at a certain point to rewrite or re-edit. Uh, once it's done, it's pretty much done, and I like the finality of it. Thank you, Robert, for your uh, contribution this week. Really great for me to hear from photographers working in that, those areas, because as I say, I don't think we hear enough from those people and um, they've got just as much to uh, add to the dialogue, to the discussion, to the debate as photojournalists or documentary photographers or contemporary art practice photographers, who we do, I think, tend to hear quite a lot from. Anyway, um, as always, picking up on the themes there seems to be this week a, a little bit of an emphasis on that, that importance of collaboration. Uh, you know, that idea of working as a team, but also being willing and understanding to, to kind of rub along with people to make sure that you're getting the best from them, but also, you know, they're getting the best from you. Uh, a conversation I had with somebody uh, the other day was about, um, I suppose, in a way, the photographic um, community as such. Uh, being very much about um, being a, a series of separate encampments, all of which have sort of kind of putting up their frontiers around themselves and uh, being very dogmatic about what is good and what is right. And I sort of said to this person, well, I think in that case, I'm kind of the person that goes around at night and sets fire to their tents. I think that's um, maybe my role um, with doing all of this is to try and at least put stuff out there to see that actually we're all the same you know it does we're all working with similar tools um quite often i think we're very similar kind of uh, objectives we're just not very good at communicating with each other and being able to listen to other people's opinions perhaps which maybe contradict or conflict with us maybe we need to get better at that kind of point of communication anyway had a conversation the other day with someone coming from a completely different uh, world from me um, with completely different take on the work they do really great really enjoyed it and we kind of found a, a meeting point which was which was really positive so can be done um as well as this podcast, um, I'm not sure if you're aware that we also have the Patreon page if you want to go into more depth on the subjects that we discuss each week. I produce uh, an information sheet with hot links and places you can go and things you can see. Um, for less than the price of a cappuccino a month, that gives you access also to a whole load of exclusive material so you can check us out on the patreon page um a little bit of uh, housework also i think this week is um 
if you are listening on iTunes, it'd be really kind and really great if you can um, leave a review or perhaps leave a star rating. I've been writing a little bit more uh, recently. I'm working on a, a couple of books um, and actually going through that whole process of dealing with publishers that I outlined um, in the summer podcast about book publishing and coming across a lot of the uh, issues that I outlined. So there you go. I'm actually putting myself kind of in the lion's mouth there and um, trying to, to make sure I'm not totally consumed by it. So that's been going on as well. But also been writing a, a few articles for United Nations of Photography, which you might like to check out, one of which about photo narrative and dealing with photo narrative, um, which was on the back of an interview I did with somebody recently. Um, you might want to check that one out because I know that visual storytelling and, and photo narrative is something that repeatedly comes up um, in the uh, contributions that our photographers make to the podcast each week. Um, and somebody said to me, you know, they, I f they find that very difficult. So I'm continually trying to write kind of very simple uh, articles, simple in language, I suppose, and trying to break that down and kind of remove perhaps some of the smoke and mirrors that can sometimes uh, develop around that particular process. Anyway, so as you can tell, lots of stuff going on as it's getting a little chillier in the shed. Work is building up, lots of exciting stuff coming up over the coming weeks. Um, just leaves me this week to um, have a final word from uh, our sponsor. And we started this week's podcast with Charles Eames and we're going to finish with Ray Eames. What works good is better than what looks good. What works good lasts. Take care.